Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Monday Main Point. Uh, it's good to be here with you here at Rosa Sharon Baptist Church. Uh, I'm Jonathan Hendrickson, and uh, I'm joined here with the rest of the pastoral staff. Um, I'm the associate pastor. We've got our youth pastor, Jeremiah Custer, our children's pastor, Blake Flincham, and our senior pastor, Jeff McCarthy. We're all here together, and we're here to discuss together what we do any we do this stuff anyway. Um, and we're just inviting you into the room. We're here to discuss yesterday's message, what we do on Monday Main Point. We come together and talk about the message we just heard on Sunday. And uh, Jeremiah actually delivered the message this past uh, week, or yesterday, not even more than a week, um, and uh, did a great job. The sermon is on a very familiar topic to anybody who's ever been in a Sunday school class, and it's on the armor of God, which comes, the text comes from Ephesians 6, um, and uh, from 10 through 20, I think is what you did there, Jeremiah. If I'm yeah, not mistaken. that's right. Um, and so uh, we'll, we'll read that in just a moment. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at that. The actual title of the message was not the armor, the armor of God, but uh, the devil's playground is the Christian battleground. That's a provocative title, I will say. And, uh, and so we're going to talk quite a bit. I have a feeling here we're going to talk quite a bit about the devil um, and that's going to be an interesting discussion. So um, I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a good topic today. And um, so let's start with the text, right? It's a great, great idea just to read the text out, out loud. And um, from there, we'll, we'll talk about some of the points that you brought up yesterday, Jeremiah. Um, so this, again, is Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. I'll just read this quickly. Finally, Paul writes to the Ephesians, Be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand, therefore. With truth like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take the shield of faith, and with it you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit, and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. For this I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I might be bold enough in him to speak as I should. Wow, great text. Awesome text. And, and um, you know, I think we uh, we spend a lot of time when we talk about the, the this passage in Ephesians 6, we spent a whole lot of time on those various parts of the armor. And I mean, countless people, I'm sure there are books written on breaking down the armor of God and what does this symbol mean and stuff. And um, But uh, even though you took the text from, from 10 to 20, really, Jeremiah, I felt like you, you didn't spend a lot of time on that alone. And I, and, and I kind of like the direction you went in uh, with it because we're talking more about Really, I guess more about the battle and how do we fight this battle. Who is our enemy? I think it's one of the things that you're trying to, to determine here. Who is the enemy? How does the enemy fight? And how do we best stand against that enemy? I mean, those, those are the kind of, I think those are the three questions really that you hit on in the, in the message. So let's just start where, where, with that first question because I think that's important. Who is the enemy? Who is our enemy? Um... So, I, I, I'm full of all cards on the table here. I, I have struggled with this, with this before myself. I, 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 know, I know that the Bible talks about Satan in a very real way, right? It talks about the devil in a very real way. It seems to be a, real, a very real being. Um, there doesn't seem to be any... I mean, Jesus, Jesus is tempted by Satan, by the devil. It seems to be that there's someone there or some being there that's actually doing the tempting um same thing with we can look at the story of job right it seems to be there's just some adversary there that's doing the tempting that's that's trying to wreak havoc um 
Peter is said to be Satan desires to sift you as as wheat, you know. So we know we know that the devil seems to be real. I, I like what you said um, yesterday when you said that. Okay, we accept the fact that Satan is real, but there there's almost like a spectrum, right? Where where some people give him too much credit, and some people don't give him credit enough, right? And and. And I'm, I, I, I'll be honest, if, if you put me on the spectrum, I probably lean more towards not credit enough because I just don't understand how it works, right? So is, is let's talk about the devil for a second. Is the devil, we know, we know that the devil's not God, right? We're in agreement there. That these people, like the idea that, that there's some cosmic force that's equal to God, but is opposite God is what I think some people, Jeff, will say about the devil, right? Yeah, and I think that was the clear point Jeremiah was trying to make, which, you know, in our culture and even in church life, a lot of times we do look at the devil as being a, a, an equal foe to God and as much power and even knowledge and able to be different places at the same time. Yeah. has all this force. And so I think we then projected that on the devil which then creates, you know, a false falsehood about the devil that that somehow or another the devil uses then in our life to keep us deceived and stuff like that. So I think I think clearly um, Jeremiah's point about showing that the the adversary is not God is not on par with God. In fact, in fact, he has to, to submit to God. Yeah, yeah shows yeah. that he's already defeated, but we still have to fight this battle. But we can't fight it in our own might, and we'll get to that later. But but I thought it was his key introduction part to get people on the right page to say, okay, whatever in your mind that you've got of who this devil is we're fighting, it's probably not the right, <laughs> right, uh, it's not right thinking, which, you know, probably growing up myself, I probably had a lot of times thinking that the devil was kind of on par well, with God. Well, you know, you think about, and I know you know what I'm talking about here, you think about a song like with Carmen's Champion, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and you've got... Two fighters who are equal. I mean, one's going to win. Jesus wins in that in that in that story song. Um, but the, I, the again, it seems like you've got, and there are to, to be clear, there are world religions that 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 pit like this ultimate evil versus this ultimate good. But they're both they're both uh, you know necessary because they're both equal in power. The problem with that is. And I said this in a Wednesday night not long ago. The problem, if you make the devil equal to God, then you no longer have God. That's right. You don't have God at all. Um, you've got, you know, you've got uh, polytheism, and neither neither one is 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 uh, should be worshipped because neither one of them will be supreme over the other. So they can't be equal in power, right? Um, you were about to say something. Yeah, like, yeah, and I, I'm just saying I agree because you know if we put Satan on the same level as um, God, then you're giving Satan too much credit. You definitely don't want to underestimate Satan by any means. Right. But you also don't want to overestimate him either because, like, Christ won the battle. And God is God. You know, God's eternal. Satan's not. Right. Exactly. God's been a God everlasting to everlasting. Satan was created. Right. Yeah. So, and that gets to my second, the, the second end of that spectrum, which is like, again, you know, I think about the Jeremiah, like the medieval, uh, the, like the Dark Age and the medieval painters and things like that. Mute this here so that doesn't happen again, Phyllis. Sorry about that. Um, the medieval painters and things who, who um, uh, painted these images of the devil and they made him look. You know, that, that's where we get this idea of this red creature with little horns and a little curly Q tail. You know, and and and. You know, a goat-like figure. Yeah, or yeah. goat-like figure, or something like that, and and um, so it, it it actually downplayed in many ways the devil. Um, you know, the, or, or we get these cartoon versions that of the devil sitting on people's shoulders. We get these cartoon ideas of the devil reigning in on a throne in hell. Um, that somehow or another hell is his kingdom, his reign. And he's able to reign there, and he's he's the boss, the CEO of hell. Um, I don't think any of those images are right, Jeremiah, from what I can tell in Scripture. I don't think any of those hit hit, hit it right, and yet I still don't understand how what what is right. I, I, I if if Satan really is just a singular being, 
who doesn't have omnipresence, like Jeff said, right? Doesn't have omnipower. He's not God, right? Then what does he have? What? How is he able to operate? Does, you know, obviously when people are like saying, well, the devil made me do it, obviously that's probably false most of the time because the devil's one being and there's billions of people on the earth. Like how could the devil make everybody do these things, right? Um, so I'm trying to figure that. Help me wrap my brain around that. Yeah, so to just talk about, like, uh, one thing you said that I would want to, want to comment on, like, um, hell is not his kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible clearly teaches that hell is his prison, that he'll be thrown there and he'll be trapped there and, and be uh, there for eternity. So God God will throw him into hell. Um, and then, like, when we talk about we think that God and the devil are equal, sometimes we teach that it feels like they're equal, no one ever thinks that they're actually equal, but that the devil is just like one notch below God. Like right. just that that in the end, God is just going to eke them out. Just like barely, barely win the victory at the end. It's going to come down to the wire, right? And that's just not how it plays out. So then when you get down to the nitty gritty of the questions, is like, so what? what is he? And I didn't, I didn't say it yesterday because it can... It can bring even more questions when we when we call him an angel. He was created as an angel, and then now we call him a, a fallen angel. So he fell from the presence. The Bible clearly teaches that he wanted to be God. He didn't like his role. He wanted to be God, uh, and because of that, um, God had caused him to fall. So he fell just in a similar way where humans fell. Um, so yeah, he does. He he has, I guess, angelic powers, but even that is subject to his creator um, and and the the power or the the abilities he has subject to his creator. So that's why I said that I think he's he's better seen as a representative. He's I a like representative that. of just adversary in general. So yeah, let's talk about. So, given that he is an enemy of, of, of Christ, an enemy of the church, right? What, who, what else is the enemy of, of, of Christ and the church, right? What, what other things does he, what, what kinds of things does he represent? Yeah. When I, when I think about the enemies of, when I think about my, my, my enemies, I obviously think of the fallen world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the world as a, as a whole in its fallen state, is an enemy of the church. Does that make sense? Yeah, the world system. The world system, and 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 you even said, Jeremiah, you you actually made no 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 bones about it here. You 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 point blank said because the Bible says if you're not a Christian, you're also Indian. in that camp of the enemy of, of of God, enemy of enemy of Christ, enemy of the church. Because if you're not for us, you're against us, right? Uh, there's no middle ground when it comes to Christ. And then I might add a third, and that would be my, my sinful self. Sin, yeah. Right? Yeah. My, my sin, the, the sin, and my, you know, the, 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 I, I think a lot of times, I guess I'm, I'm bringing this up because I think a lot of times we do, we do wrong things, Jeff, and the tendency is I don't want to take the blame on myself, so I want to blame somebody else. Hey, here's the devil. I'm just gonna blame the devil, right? Right. You know, uh, you know, some something bad happened. Uh, it's the devil who did it. Yeah, know? and so we give <clears throat> we give credit to him when a lot of times it's all our own choice. We yeah. choose to be sinful and just to kind of help us, you know, blame somebody or not take the blame or not confess or not do what we need to do. We we blame the devil. Uh, I would add some more enemies though. Clearly, there were other angels that fell with Satan, mm. and then there are beings called demons, and we've talked about it a lot with, right. with our true. Bible true. studies and the way Jesus healed. So, and, and even in the scripture, it talks about the spiritual wickedness and high places. So, so, there are rulers and demons, and this there is this this dark kingdom, this dark um, uh, entities out there, spiritual entities. And that's why we call it spiritual warfare. Right. Because we have a tendency to fight, uh, like Jeremiah talked about, I'm going to fight you, you're my enemy, when really 
you know, you're not my enemy. Uh, you're a human being. Yeah. And my goal should be to pray for you and try to win you to Christ, not try to defeat you, um, you know, in the sense that what the way that fighting is going on. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're fighting against, like you said, a world system, sin, um, you know, de- demonic activity, and, and things like that. So, so that's the battle that's going on. Right. And so we have a tendency to try to put things in 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 our. Uh, we we want to hold on to things. And we want to we want to we want to make things so that we can get a grasp on us. So we put things in human terms that maybe shouldn't go into human terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'll be again. I'll be completely honest. I don't understand how like the. You know, we don't know how many demons there are. No. We don't know how how they wage war, um, how they're waging war, uh, whether they're, whether they're, um, you know, is it just in possession? Is it, is, are they, are they responsible? But I, I, my tendency is not to blame something I can't see or I don't, you know, you know, I'm not saying it can't be that it could be right. Something bad happens definitely could be, I, you know, it could be a demonic influence, but it could also be that, um, it's just a result of the fallen world that we live in too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, if if a car accident happens, two cars smash into each other. It's not because a demon made that happen necessarily. Does that make sense? Right. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. I, I um, I, I'm not, I'm not downplaying. I don't want to downplay the demo, the demonic, because it, like you said, the Bible clearly talks about it. It was there's no doubt about that. But you also don't want to give credit to the demonic, like if you don't have to, you know. Right. Yeah. Of course, I, you know, and maybe it's maybe it's the case, guys. Just throwing this out. Maybe it's the case we don't ever know whether it's demonic or not, right? Maybe we don't know whether it's the demonic at work. Sometimes we do. Um, I think there there have been clear in- indications of demonic possession and stuff like that. Um, I'll ask a question here because we're getting into some questions that I, I have, um, and I'll, I, this, this is what I would do if we were sitting in Jeff's office. Um, so. When we talk about demonic, um, do you think demonic possession still happens? And if so, can can it only happen to those people who are uh, non-Christian? I would say personally that demon possession still happens. We don't see a lot of like what we see like in Scripture. A lot of times, I think if it does when it does happen, it's probably taking like different forms. I kind of like how Jeremiah said, kind of like this satanic lullaby or demonic lullaby Mm -hmm. um so maybe a lot of times we might see oppression rather than possession Mm. um i totally forgot the last part of your question no i was i was just asking whether whether it can only be like if we're talking about possession can only can christians be possessed yeah but which is kind of what you were saying like if i was a christian i don't think a christian i would say that maybe I i was under some demonic oppression uh, for some reason, maybe something was going on in my life as opposed to possession, because if, if we belong to Christ, then we're we're Christ. He mm-hmm. owns us. We're we're possessed. We're His church. We're right. You know, right. Uh, we are possessed. We're the, right. Yeah, we're but by the, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So we do have a spirit in us. Whether we fight in His might or not is another story. When the de- demonic oppression and all this comes on, because when he had the the devil's playground too, I thought about the whole "your mind is the devil's playground" mm-hmm. is a old mm-hmm. adage from you know years gone, and that's where the battleground is really. It's in our minds, a lot. and the, Satan wants to go from our mind to our heart. Sure, because if I if if I'm just struggling with it mentally, that's one thing. But if I take it to heart, like oh, I'm defeated now, or Satan's got too much power over me, or then then I'm pretty much not fighting the battle I'm dropping every sword I have and I'm just like giving up right right and so so even though the things happen um, we in America and I think it's probably because we're so secular secularized can you say the word no so I we're do such I, a secular nation that right. we're not going to say that someone is demon possessed perhaps but we may say they have a, a huge mental um, uh, they have something wrong with them mentally, right? And of course, most of the time in, in the scriptures, when someone's possessed with a demon, it's manifested in other ways, like the deaf, the mute, right? Um, there's other things that are going on, the epilepsy, things like that, that that creates like these convulsions that 
that clearly the person wouldn't be doing that on their own, but something is causing this. And right. so that, not, but that doesn't say if someone's epileptic, le- epileptic now that, that they're, they're demon possessed. possessed. Right. We don't. We know, know that. a lot of medical terms, but but I think. Uh, it could lead towards stuff like that to happen if we... Well, you know, and you've heard me talk about, like, addiction before. Yeah. You know, it's clear that some people just seem to be just tied to... to and to, maybe the, the temptations at all at first was strong, but then you get past temptation to where you become addicted. It becomes more of a medical problem that you've you've your body now is, is addicted to alcohol or drugs or whatever right. it is that... I mean, Blake sort of referenced to Jeremiah, and you said this yesterday, and I think you're right. Do you think that the reason why we don't see possession, that kind of thing that we're talking about, is because we're just, we're not in a fight? The devil's really kind of lulled us to sleep over here in the States, and we, we, we're people of reason and logic, and so we don't think about things of the supernatural, pretty much. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up reason and logic. So... I guess where I'm, I'm following right now is you asked the question, are people still possessed? And I don't know if we answered it quite yet, but I think the, the answer is a definite yes. But remember, the devil is the great deceiver, um, and he's the, the adversary, right? He's everything that God is not, basically. He represents everything God is not. Um, so if I'm the devil in 2021 America, I think... I think possession is going to look less like, and I took this, I'm taking this straight from J.D. Greer. I think it's going to look less like our eyes rolled back in our heads and levitating six feet off the ground, right? Right. Because because <laughs> of logic and reason for us is so elevated, right? Right. So if I'm the, the, the deceiver, I'm going to want possession to look more like like it has natural causes. Like okay. you can explain it through science, right? Right, right. And I think that's where kind of like the struggle is. Like mm-hmm. there, there's two reasons. Like we can't see it because of the great deceiver, but also we can't see it because we're not looking, because we're asleep. Right. Um, and I, I think in general, like even uh, you, you brought it up last week with Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer came here and was like, man, these people... It's like they're dead, like they're yeah. not dead, but asleep. Like, yeah. there's no fight here. There's no struggle here. Um, that so, was yeah. seventy, seventy what seventy eight. Yeah, years ago. that's a that's a German uh, preacher come coming over to America yeah. and at, at the and height at the height of World War Two. Yeah, and he's miserable, right? Uh, because the fight here is just not. Well, he's come and, and and understand he's coming from a place where the battle is very real. Yeah. Yes. And, and he comes over here and he's just shocked that everybody's so complacent. Well, it was yeah. Nazi Germany too, and he came here to be protected and he got convicted, like, I need to go back yeah. Yeah. to the fight. And mm-hmm. so he goes back and he literally, he, he actually does the <laughs> the flesh and blood fight. Right. He was going to have Hitler assassinated. That's right. And he's a, pa- a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, he gets arrested and then he dies in prison. And actually, he writes writes a good uh, letter to the church while he's in prison. Yeah, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe you guys do from history. I wonder if those the the coalition that came against Hitler, Mm -hmm. the pastoral coalition, whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they like attempted, or if they thought it was demonic, like like possession. Mm -hmm. Hitler was possessed. I don't. And maybe someone attempted. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, the, I've, I've read the biography, the big, thick biography on Bonhoeffer. Yeah. Um, I do know that Hitler dabbled in a lot of that kind of weird... Yeah, the occult. Occult and all that kind of stuff. We do know that. Yeah. Uh, everybody knows that he did that, and he was influenced by it. But I don't know if they thought that he was actually demon-possessed. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if they thought the flesh and... In this instance, the flesh and blood battle was... Against similar, darkness, similar to than, spiritual warfare. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I'd have to I'd do further research, but I can yeah. see the lo- I can see the logic in that for sure. Well, we spend a lot of time on the enemy, and and uh, and and we need to. And we talk about enemy and his tactics, his schemes. Now let's talk about okay. Well, if it's a real, this is a very real enemy, right? This is a very real foe we're we're talking about. And um, I really, I, Jeremiah, I love the, 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 the analogy between um, our, our real enemy and a real battle and the fact that yesterday was the celebration D-Day. of D-Day. And you're talking about D-Day, and if anybody's ever seen Saving Private Ryan, uh, you've seen that first 30 minutes or whatever and, and how, how just, uh, you know, just 
I remember the first time I saw I went and saw the movie with my family and just it was jaw dropping and just gut punch right of of how real this was um, and um, you know veterans who saw that movie said no that's what it looked like mm-hmm. they got it right that's exactly what it was like and that's scary and you you brought the you brought that analogy up that what if those guys had landed on the beaches of Normandy with no like 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 not fully not even acknowledging that there's an enemy in the hills there they just land and they're going to have a beach party right and and they're 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 armed with nothing and you know they would have just gotten sniped off and they would have they would have been destroyed i mean they were they, they were destroyed many of them were destroyed anyway yeah. mm-hmm. even though they were armed properly they were destroyed but you made that same connection to us and not taking our battle seriously um, and I and, and I think you're right. I think we we do need to take it seriously. But if we're gonna take it seriously, the other thing I really liked what, about what you said yesterday is how then do we equip ourselves? How then do we fight this battle? How do we go about fighting this battle? This very real, very real battle. And um, Paul here, um, I think the point that you were making and it's a very good point. Is starts with that verse 10 and finally be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. So the idea, Jeff, isn't that we're gonna get we're not gonna get strengthened by our vast strength. I'm not gonna I'm gonna fight Satan in Jonathan's strength. I'm gonna fight him in it, it, the only way I can fight him is in is in the strength and the might of the Lord. Yeah, and I like what Jeremiah said that actually what you're putting on when you put on the Yeah, I hadn't gotten there, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that you're right. putting on Christ because yeah. Uh, most of the time when you see this passage taken care of, it is like a checkpoint. And I did read, and I said, oh, he missed one. There's only six here. And then I looked at point three. I'm like, oh, he, he's trying to trick everybody. So I caught that <laughs> beforehand. So, um, but yeah, so, so, so yeah. So, so if I'm thinking this armor is outside of myself and, uh, and I'm fighting a battle where I need a shield, and um, so I still think somehow or another I have control over the shield or the shield is part me in the fight uh-huh. as opposed to, no, you need the shield because you can't fight the battle. Right. And the only thing you can do is grab that shield and hold on to it and, and then hopefully aim it in the right direction when the, when the darts come. And so we look at each one of these things like it's something that we can muster up or do. Like I can get my helmet and I put the helmet on. Like, I created the helmet to put the helmet on. No, it's the helmet comes from God. It's the helmet of salvation. Yeah. And and just when we were just talking about that, about the D-Day and everything, even though you have all this armor on too, I think in our our thinking is that, well, if I'm all armored up, then nothing ever is going to happen to me. Right, right. And that, no, you can still get wounded. You can still get hurt. You can still, um, things can, bad things can still happen. It doesn't mean God's not there fighting with you. It's just that. That's part of the fight, and right. I think as Christians, I like what Jeremiah said too. Was that um, we don't really we we're, we're in denial about the battlefield. In other words, I don't really want to fight a battle. Right. I'd rather just sit on the sidelines. Let's worship every week. Win a few people to Christ. My friends, my family, we're all good now. But we don't realize that there's a huge battle going on, and he didn't call us just to kind of sit on the sidelines. Uh, he called us to engage in the battle, and the only way we can do that is if we in, uh, put all the right uh, armor on that comes from God himself. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a tendency, Blake, to, to look at this as a checklist, right? And yeah. I think part of that is because of um, because of maybe Sunday school lessons and yeah. such, but... Um, uh, you know, you look at it and go, okay, I got to put on the belt of truth. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my yeah. students actually reminded me of uh, was it Bible Man? Yeah, he yes. said he put on the armor of God every week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and those lessons are great to like jumpstart the whole idea of we're in a battle. But Jeremiah's right. What this is basically saying is put on Christ. And I think what an even deeper thing that Paul's getting at is you have a need for Christ here. Because mm-hmm. if you go try to fight this battle alone, you're going to be like how the New York Jets were this year in football. You know, you're just going to have a losing record. You're not going to win. But if you have Christ, you know, Christ is your victor. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not the victors. Christ is our victor. 
and you have to put on Christ in order to fight this battle. Jeremiah, one of the things I really enjoyed about yesterday, and I, I know that if you'd had more time, you could have expanded on this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push you on it now. Um, the, six, uh, the, the six pieces of armor there, you were saying each one of those, and actually you showed us a couple of these, and I thought it was really cool how, um, you know, if you go to Isaiah, for instance, mm-hmm. you actually see them talking, these exact words, right? Talking about the belt around the waist, like uh, the, the breastplate of righteousness, mm-hmm. all those things. This isn't something Paul's cooking up. Like for years, I, I never knew that. That for years, I, I believed that, you know, uh, I heard other people say, Paul's sitting in a prison cell and he's looking at his guard and he's like, and he's looking at all the pieces of the armor and he's, he's pinning this out. He's talking, he's using these analogies, you know. But really what he's doing, he's drawing off a scripture. Yeah. Um, and and uh, in fact, I, I find it... doing a little bit of both. Yeah. In fact, I find it interesting. Um, a lot of times when, um, in my particular translation here, and I've got an HCSB in front of me. In my particular translation, whenever uh, whenever the, the translators think that it's a, a hymn or one of those creeds that we talked about or something where people have repeated it over and over... They'll take it and indent it, right, and, and squish it together, like if it, and that's what they've done with this. Oh wow! Um, so, like, starting with the with truth, like a belt around your waist, mm. all the way to and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. All of that they've got indented, as though this is something that maybe Paul is quoting uh, or referencing, mm. right? So let's talk a little bit about these pieces and how you see Christ in each of them, uh, because you've got to do a couple of them. But I'm I'm sure. In your research, you actually looked at all these. Yeah, I just felt like, I guess I felt like the other ones were more obvious. Um, the, the most unobvious one is the truth. Truth like a bell. Actually, yeah. that one to me makes the most sense. Because I, I do think of truth not as a, a thing, but as a person. Yeah. I've, I've, I've made that comment before myself. But it, you know, I, I heard someone say that before. Truth isn't a set of principles. It's a person. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so truth for a Christian is Christ. And Christ even says it. You quoted it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And and so And if we miss that one, let's say we're doing checklists. Right. Then then we be we, we think the battle is more about fighting for truth. And I'm not saying we shouldn't right. fight for truth. But truth is just truth. It's there. Right. Right. It's in God's character. So we don't have to fight for truth. Truth is just truth. Right. Um now we we want to try to share that truth. Which is basically sharing Christ, uh, but yeah, like the other one, like so the truth gospel. around your belt, right? It, yeah. around, around your waist—that's Christ. Yeah. Righteousness, like armor on your chest. Oh, that one's easy, right? Because yeah, like we know that Christ is righteousness imputed, right? But again, right. if it's a checklist, yeah, you right. try to be you try to be righteous, right? I'm supposed to I'm supposed to be good. Yeah, um, but I no, got my righteous armor I just created. Yeah, yeah, right, right. exactly, exactly. So then we move on to, and your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. Now, I get the peace, right? Because he's the prince of peace, right? I get that. What about the readiness for the gospel? How is that maybe Christ? Did? Yeah, I think it's just gospel. It's it's just gospel. I think that alludes back to the how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Yeah, yeah so sure, sure. In order yeah. to march and to go where you need to go, or even if you have to run to give a message, you need to have some good shoes on. Mm. Okay. And that's the go- the good news. But okay. yeah, and as Christians, we, we rest in the gospel. It's yeah. a resource for so us. So wherever we put our feet, you know, God's yeah. with us. So. All right, so then that moves us to this, in every situation, take the shield of faith. So he's faith, Jesus is? Yeah, actually, that's one of the quotes from uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 11, yeah. uh, 5. Uh, it says, righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. So faithfulness, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times we think of faith as like, because we were talking. I, I, mean, I believe, I believe, I believe. Right? right. Well, we also think of faith in terms of in doubt. You know, yeah. the, the, the only reason I'm thinking about this is because of the study we're doing in, in our life groups right now. Mm-hmm. And we're talking a lot on that Hebrews 11, one passage. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time talking about how faith is the evidence of things, hope, or the the, the uh, yeah, the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence yeah, of things, things not seen. Yeah. And so um, when I think of faith, a lot of times we think of faith in, 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 in terms of doubt. And I don't want to put that on Jesus, but when you talk about faithfulness, yeah. okay, that, that makes a little bit more sense. It's kind of interesting, too, because if faith was the helmet, you can see where doubt 
and faith would have a big mm. battleground. Yeah. The helmet is salvation, which is assurance. Right. Which then helps you with, yeah. you, you know, you know, using your faith whenever something's coming at you, you know, you're, you're trying to protect it. Right. So that's pretty cool right there. So, so in this term, when we're talking about the, maybe, maybe looking at the shield of faith, if the shield of faith is Christ, and we're saying it is, then we're trying to say that the shield of faith is is um, it's Christ and his in, in his faithful in his faithfulness, right? Is that kind of what you're getting at there? Yeah, I mean, the uh, faithful one, like not just the faithful one, like being putting on Christ, but also just the faith, not faith, but the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've read commentaries before when they talk about this shield of faith, that the 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 shields back then when they were in army they would all lock their shields together as they were trying to move forward so this sure. is more because we always look at everything's individualistic yeah. so as then as i got my shield of faith you got your and we all got our shield of faith and we're able to move forward too and see i really like and, and, and let, let me play with that a little bit more because i really like this image of i'm putting on christ because so often as a human um Faith is maybe the place where I struggle the most, right? I'm going to have doubt. And so whenever I would read this before, I'm like, i got to take the shield of faith. And what if my faith isn't strong? You know, what if my faith is, is weak? What if I'm doubting right now? Does that mean I'm unprotected? Does that mean I don't have I don't have a protection from these flaming arrows that Satan's going to throw at, my, throw at me? Um, you know, and so uh, it's all about my faith. Right, mm-hmm. rather than it is about yeah. the faith. Does, does that make yes. sense? Yes, yes. yes, yes. And, and and so when we make it about my faith, my faith is yeah, not. You can drop that. No, oh, I yeah. It's yours. But if it's his, but then if I it's can hold the it faith, all I gotta do is hold it up. Yeah. If what it's, if it's your faith, like I picture like the wooden shield. Right. And it, in a flaming dark. And it hits arrow. it, and yeah. now I've got a. It's fl- not gonna last long. Right now, I got I got I got a piece of ash. So burning right. burn your arm up. I'm burning my arm off, right? Right, trying to because my faith is so weak. Um, but it says, and with it, you'll be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one, right? Yeah. And then, of course, the helmet of salvation. Okay, Christ is salvation. I get that. That one's that one's pretty. Now, yeah. Honestly, if you're doing the checklist. I don't. You get to that one, and you're like, uh, "How do I put on salvation?" Well, I, okay. So whenever I've looked at this before as a checklist, I always saw that one as okay. That's Jesus, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. so what's the most because what's the most important part that you get to protect? You get to protect the head because if you take a headshot, everybody knows you ever played like video games. Yeah. Headshots yeah. kill, right? Yeah. <laughs> Chest shot might kill. Headshot definitely kills. Yeah. And so you take a headshot. So the most important thing you've got to do is put on Jesus, right? That, yeah. That's so, th- I, and I'm just saying what I think so many other people have said when they're looking at this passage. Yeah. That that's the, that's the Jesus step, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff is stuff that I'm putting on, like I, I, I you know, ah, yeah, like yeah, uh, right. I'm putting, I'm, 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 I'm girding myself up with truth. Yeah, what yeah, is, yeah. What, you know. Uh, the, the the truth of, of 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 God's word, or the, I'm putting on good deeds and righteousness. I'm 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 putting on um, uh, feet, uh, uh, you know, with uh, peace and and also uh, a willingness to go. Right. I'm putting on the willingness to go and tell others. Well, we um, we've all watched war movies too, and the guys are just hanging around and everything. But whenever the battle starts, they 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 put on their helmet. Right, yeah. Because the battle, they're engaged in the battle now. So you can picture it that way, too, that, that uh, um, you know, all this other stuff, they're wearing it already. Yeah. But the last thing they'll put on is their helmet, even though that's the first thing we put on when we think about salvation. Right. But when you think about it, all of it is Christ. Uh, if it's all Christ, it, yeah. yeah it, 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 it's I look totally, at it as more assurance since it is the helmet and it's up there where your brain is. Yeah. But I just, I think, I, I think the, 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 the answer is exactly what you said. All this is Christ, and it makes so much more sense when you look at it that way. Yeah. Including the last one, and the last one also makes sense too. The sword of the spirit, which is God's word. I can tell you how many times when in high school, um, in, in youth group, get we out your sword, get out your sword, you know, sword drill. I've got my, you got my sword, got my sword drill. ready. Sword you know, drill. I carried my, I carried my Bible with me all through high school because I always had to have my sword ready. You know, and and um, and okay, yeah, it is the sword of the spirit. But really, it's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus again here, and it's not. You know, it's it's not that you know. And and the word. So yeah, it's both. Yes. Right. The Bible. The 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 Bible and Jesus. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which you don't. But I'm talking about. You don't have to 
physically have you know you know you know what I'm talking no, about yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like it's not like you better have you know every day arm up get yeah. your Bible and carry it with you you know it's not well that's why that's not spiritually a bad, if you put it in your heart yeah you're, you're carrying it I'm not saying it's right. a bad thing to do by the way if that's what you do that's awesome I, I'm, I'm not I'm not bashing you for that I'm just saying it's funny how we take this uh, passage that really is trying to tell us the main thing it's trying to tell us is that we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. We can't fight all the enemies that we have. Uh, we're we're going to lose. And actually, we wouldn't even fight. You made that point. We're, why would you? If you don't have this armor, you're not even fighting anyway because you're fighting against the church. Mm-hmm. You're on the other side of the battle. You know, to borrow the D-Day illustration, you ain't on the boats, right? <laughs> you're up in the hills. Yeah. So, like, like if you don't have Christ, you're not even you're in the battle but on the other side yeah so uh so yeah i i i really like all that and then of course this where the where the where the indentation ends here guys gets into the third weapon right and and is is again on the seventh the third point yeah, yeah, yeah third point seventh weapon um it's monday uh so um and that's the the prayer yeah. Prayer is, and I've, I've often heard this referred to as the secret weapon, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's it's the it's the secret weapon, but honestly, well, you also want to you want to separate that from the other six because it's really hard to say you put on Christ and prayer be one of those things you put on, right? Although we, I guess you could make a thing where like you don't have access to God except through a relationship with Christ or whatever, but th- there's definitely a distinction in the text, and right. so there should be a distinction in. And what we do, right? So, um, is is outside of putting on Christ? It seems as though this is saying the most, Im- the, the next most important thing we can do. Here's the practical, right? Yeah, like putting on Christ is less practical. We want to so make, make it. We want to make it practical. We want to make it that checklist that yeah, we just went yeah, down, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not that. It's put. It's it's putting your faith in Him. Yeah. Right. So that's the that's the spiritual. Yeah. But then the practical is why? It's prayer. Yeah, it's your secret secret weapon. Um, it's what you should fight with first. And I, I made that point about like it's it's not the least you can do, it's the most you yeah, can do. I like that. Um, and it just it shows it's something we can do, and I think God wants to give us things we can do, right? Because we want to do something. We want well, to obviously we want to do something. We look at this list of armor, and we're like, "Oh, this is all about what I get, what, what, what yeah. I'm doing, right?" Yeah. And we make it all about what we well, do. This kind of dovetails the passage about these come out with prayer and fasting. Yeah, that you know, it is a, it, it was a spiritual warfare that young man was in. The disciples were like, "How come we didn't have any power? How come we couldn't do anything?" Mm-hmm. And then, so this kind of dovetails it back. You know, to that message yeah. with Jeremiah that, yeah, this prayer, the Word of God, and prayer are the two offensive weapons that we have. Yeah, and this spiritual battle we're fighting, um, which which then helps us understand and know we're not fighting against other people. You know, it puts it in the battlefield where it needs to belong because those people, if there aren't Christians, you we need to be praying for them. That they can realize they aren't Christians and that they need salvation and they need to get on this side of the uh, the battlefield. And notice too, you know, um, I've heard lots of people say this: the only two weapons that you 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 are the only two um, uh, offensive weapons, not offensive, but yeah. offensive, like you said, are the sword of the spirit. Right, the sword actually is a is a, is is, and then prayer. Yeah, that's the only two active things that you have. And when you consider that, if, if that's how you're going about battling, right, then even when you're dealing with people who are uh, antagonistic towards the church, you're not going after them to try and mow them down. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible doesn't supply you with an Uzi to mow them down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it gives you the means by which to try to bring them to God, yeah. which is the way we fight our battles. Right? And we forget the sword... The sword is defensive, also. Yeah. And uh, so, if I was doing the illustration now, and I'm doing it now, uh, <laughs> I would probably use like a lightsaber because everyone knows for the Jedi, the lightsaber is a defensive weapon. 
Right. Can it be used for offense when it needs to be? Right. Right, but mostly it's for deflection, mm-hmm. for defense, for, for grounding, for faith, right? Yeah. All kind of defensive things. Yeah. Right, exactly. And even Jesus, Jesus, when in, uh, when he's tempted, you use the, the example, when he's tempted by Satan in the wilderness, he uses, he uses the uh, scripture as a defense. He uses it, the sword, as, as a defense uh, you know, against the tactics of the devil, against the schemes of the devil. Because we know that his schemes are, are to, to try and twist and contort the word, twist and contort what God has said, and uh, Scripture helps to defend against that, mm-hmm. right? And have a right attitude and a right belief system. Um, just kind of putting this, in the again, in the realm of the practical, um, you know, I know there's probably not a lot of people here who understand and know everything that's going on, like, say, in our convention right now. But I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking in terms of battles, and I'm watching these people, in in our in, in, in even within the Southern Baptist Convention, I'm just watching people beat up on each other, and and treat each other as though they're the enemy, and using tactics that are not prayer, mm-hmm. that are not the word, mm-hmm. but are underhanded, um, you know, things that, that 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 Christians. That's not the way we fight. Even if you wanted to say this is a Struggle for the Southern Baptist Convention. We're fighting for the soul of the Southern Baptist, right? Even if you wanted to say that, then the way you go about doing it is you do it through prayer and you do it through the Word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, um, I, I just think that, that and, and even in terms of politics, Jeff, even yeah. outside of the realm of, let's like say, the SBC, you know, we see people who are who on Facebook or on social media or whatever, they're not using these weapons, right? They're using other other things. Right, and that's one thing I've really been trying to work on myself is, um, you know, have discussions with people and try to, because uh, whether we like it or not, they're already, they've already made some judgment about us as being, you know, Christians or evangelical or white evangelical, whatever word you want to use to describe us. Um so they, maybe they're already up with their guard up and they're ready for a fight and a battle. And if I go and approach them like in a debate fashion or something like that, then it's just going to continue to just spur out of control. So I've really made it a, a way of trying to get people to drop their weapons by saying, look, I'm come to the point where I'm trying to be apolitical. You know, I still have convictions and all, but that's not right, the, the main thing. Yeah. And so I agree that both sides of our political system is, is messed up. Both sides obviously are corrupt. And both sides can't get anything done mm-hmm. because we've forgotten how to get together with people, have conversations, have discussions, agree on the things we agree on, and then come up with solutions. Yeah. Until we get back to there, there's never going to be a, a, an answer. And so I'm personally taking it on myself to do that when I'm engaging people that that, you know, from my family members on to friends that are, you know, on the different side of the political spectrum. That I just have. different sides of issues. And so, yeah. so as Christians, we got to do the same thing because a sword can be used as a sharp, a sharp uh, thing to, like, like uh, if I'm going to go to surgery, I want the sharpest uh, you know what scalpel. Adult, you don't want a dull scalpel. Yeah, I want a sharpest scalpel, and that guy's going to go in there, and he's going to cut out the disease you know, that right. I have. Right, right. But I don't want somebody then take it. You could take the same thing and just slash people up and hurt them and maim them and even kill them. Mm-hmm. And so so our Bible then is offensive, but we don't. We can't be offensive in our offensive use of that weapon. Yeah. We, because then, then people look at the Bible as something that it's not really supposed to be. Yeah. And so we just have to do a better job of trying to disengage from this political discourse that's going on and try to get back to where maybe we can get some friends, have discussions, don't get all super hyped about um, everything that's going on politically, and then try to come up with some reasonable solutions to our problems. Right. Right. Uh, and same way with the church, you know, people fight in the church all the time. But I'm like, what are you fighting? For? I mean, it's like um, this whole thing here. I've always heard preachers say, "There's there's not a piece of armor for the backside." Yeah. In other words, people aren't supposed to just run and away. Right. But at the same time, people do get shot in the back. Yeah. You know, the the famous quote: "The Christians are only 
group of people that shoot their own wounded. Right. And it happens all the time, yeah. over and over and over and over. Yeah. yeah. And it's really sad. And that's yeah. not putting on the armor of God, and that's not fighting the battle that Jeremiah, uh, you know, preached about and tried to get us to understand and see that we're fighting a battle that's not the same battle that we've been fighting maybe in the last few weeks or months right. or even years. Right. Well, I mean, you said it in the title, our, our real battleground is the devil's whatever, the devil's playground, right? And I, I guess by that you mean um, just the world in general and, 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 the, and the area in which he, he seems to... I mean, the Bible clearly says that he has... Well, he has he not rule, but he has some leeway right now in, in the in, in the world as in its fallen state, right? Um, the print the prince of the air or whatever yeah. I think is the well, yeah. Second like Corinthians four literally calls him the god of this age. Yeah, little, little G, g- god. Yeah. Little g- <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Which I think is where some people might see like two god polytheists. Sure, sure. Stuff. But yeah, I mean. Um, I guess the I don't put too much stock in in titles. Uh, I do like to be provocative when I can, just sure. to grip people or whatever. But I think far too often we see it as our playground and mm. not the battleground. Mm. It's yeah. not our play. It's not our playground. We're we're in the battle. I like you, that. Whether you want yeah. to be or not. No, I like That's that. True. I like that explanation. That's good. Well, guys, we're pretty much at the end here. Um, I, I final thoughts. Anything that you guys want to add to the discussion here it was good this was, was really good I are we looking at John 316 next week no that's the last Sunday of the okay month. it's been the last Sunday of the month okay so where are we looking at this coming Sunday John 14 about the uh, the way the truth and the life no oh okay uh, about um, I did not leave you I did not leave you orphans oh okay so okay okay we're gonna talk about that I think it's 1418 so talking about the Holy Spirit then yeah. All right. And you know, uh, you'll you'll hear it in the introduction. But it came from a discussion I had with Eileen when I came back from my mom's funeral that I sure. was an orphan now. And she's like, "You're not an orphan." And so, from that, I was like, "Yeah." And so, uh, so that's kind of the passage I'm going to use. I wondered if that's kind of what you were. Yeah. You, 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 you pulled that from. And you know, clearly he talked about the adversary. The two verses before that, Jesus is the ab- he's going to send the advocate. Ab- the cut. So, so we're getting ready to see who the guy that's helping us fight our battle is. Yeah. So. All right. Good. Going from the adversary to the advocate. That sounds awesome. All right. So thanks again for joining us. Um, as always, um, you know, we invite you to send us any questions, comments, thoughts you have on on anything you heard today, or if you just enjoy this and you you, you tune in each week, let us know what you think. Uh, if you've got things that you would like for us to discuss, let us know what you think. We can make room for that on this podcast. Uh, you can email us at rosbcpastors, that's with the S at the end, at gmail.com. All right, well, that will do it for today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. So long.